Hello, everybody, and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble with me, your host, Josh Ascroft. In today's episode of the show, we're going to be breaking down all of the best games from yesterday. That was August 8th. So that includes Clippers Trailblazers, Jazz Nuggets, Lakers Pacers, and Bucks Mavericks. I'll also be giving your daily injury report as well as all of the previews and storylines you need to know for today's games. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. This is Don't Burst My Bubble. I'd like to say to start, thank you so much for everybody who's been listening, and if you have been enjoying the show, please do share it with your friends who you know who enjoy basketball and who want to stay up to date on everything that's going on in the bubble. So our injury report is up first. I'm recording this episode nice and early on Sunday morning at 8.30, so this is the injury report that was submitted as of 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time last night. So, for the OKC at Wizards game, Steven Adams is out and Dennis Schroeder is out. Uh, Steven Adams with a lower leg contusion on his left leg. Dennis Schroeder is still out with his family due to the birth of his son. On the Wizards side of the ball, um, it's just Shabazz Napier who has a right ankle sprain and he is probable for the game. For Memphis at Toronto, the Grizzlies... Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, is out, as is Tyus Jones and Justice Winslow. On the Raptors side of the ball, Serge Ibaka is probable, and Patrick McCaw is out. For Spurs at Pelicans, Pelicans have no one listed on the injury report as of right now. On the Spurs side of the ball, Bryn Forbes is still out, Trey Lyles is still out, and Tyler Zeller remains out. For Orlando at Boston, Michael Carter-Williams is questionable with a strained tendon in his left foot. Aaron Gordon, also questionable with a left hamstring strain. And Jonathan Isaac is out due to that torn ACL that he suffered a few days ago. For Philadelphia at Portland, Portland are yet to submit their injury report. On the Sixers side of the ball, we found out that Ben Simmons likely could be out for the rest of the season um, with the uh, left knee patella subluxation that he suffered. Uh, He's likely, um, I believe he had surgery on it or he left the bubble to have surgery on it. And uh, now it is a matter of how quickly he can rehabilitate that with the team citing that he most likely would only be playing if the Sixers made a deep playoff push. So it's more than likely that we have seen the end of Ben Simmons in the bubble. For the Rockets at Kings game, um, it is still an out for Eric Gordon with a left ankle sprain, and Russell Westbrook is also out with a contusion of the right quad. For the Kings, Marvin Bagley remains out with that right foot sprain, and Rashawn Holmes is also out. So definitely going to be difficult for the Kings at the... Uh, front court specifically at the center position for the Nets at Clippers game the Clippers are yet to submit their injury report but you can imagine that uh, Kawhi will most likely be playing in this game uh, as he sat out of yesterday's game Uh, for the Nets Jarrett Allen is listed as doubtful with that left ankle sprain he's been having a little bit of issue with Jamal Crawford is out Uh, due to that left hamstring strain that he's been suffering from. 
Joe Harris and Karis LeVert are both listed as doubtful, with Joe Harris's uh, um, doubtfulness being subject to a left groin contusion, and Karis LeVert is listed as resting for this game. Okay, so let's jump into the games that we had yesterday, because boy was it a fun game, of like a fun day of basketball. We had phenomenally close games throughout. I, I don't even know which one was my favorite. We had a killer performance by TJ Warren. We had Damian Lillard choking at the end of a game. We had a Jazz Nuggets game that just wouldn't quit. And we had the Mavs finally really turning on um, the pressure when it came down the stretch and actually able to live up to um, the clutch nature of the last few minutes of the game and not choking there. So we'll kick things off by talking about Clippers uh, Trailblazers. The Clippers walking away with a win here, 122-117. to 117. If we break down this box score quickly, uh, we'll see that for the Clippers, it was a good all-round performance from the team with Kawhi Leonard sitting on the bench. Paul George had 21 points, shooting 50% from the field, going 3 of 6 from the 3-point line as well. He also had 6 rebounds and 4 assists. Marcus Morris Sr. had 15 points. Reggie Jackson had 17. Uh, Jeff Green had 13. And Lou Williams had 12. Landry Shamit also putting up 19 on 6 of 12 shooting. On the Trailblazers side of the ball... Uh, 29 points by C.J. McCollum. He went 11 for 21 from the field, 6 of 13 from 3. Damian Lillard with 22 points, 10 of 23, just 2 for 10 from the 3-point line, and critically 0 for 2 from the free throw line, the free throws that could have won the Blazers the game. Carmelo Anthony also had 21 points, and Gary Trent Jr. had 22, going 6 of 10 from the 3-point line. So what happened in this game? Ultimately, uh, Damian Lillard just had a bad game down the stretch. He wasn't able to deliver on two clutch free throws that very well could have won the Blazers the game. Uh, the Clippers did a phenomenal job defensively. Ultimately, this game was the Blazers to lose, having uh, outperformed the Clippers, in my opinion, in the first three and a half quarters. I thought that uh, with Kawhi on the bench, the, the Blazers were able to take advantage of that. Uh, CJ McCollum in particular could get to the spots that he likes and knock down those shots. Gary Trent Jr. continues to play incredibly well. Uh, one of my favorite players to watch in the restart. I might have to end up getting a Gary Trent Jr. jersey if I ever get a Trailblazers one. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite role players to watch in the entire NBA. Um... But really what happened here was that Damian Lillard wasn't able to perform in a situation that he usually performs incredibly well in. Um, I, I feel really bad for the Blazers here because this was a great opportunity for them to get another win under their belt. There was no reason they couldn't do it without Kawhi Leonard on the bench. And, more, and even bigger than that, Paul George didn't play for the last five minutes of this game. Doc Rivers had him sat on the bench. And we had a Clippers bench lineup. Landry Shamit was still out there. But it was really a bench lineup. Patrick Patterson was out there. Magruder was out there. And they were able to just completely lock down defensively. Um, the Trailblazers' offense in the last few minutes of this game became completely stagnant. They weren't able to run any of the plays that they liked to. Uh, and they were ended up 
ending up taking contested shots right at the end of the shot clock. Uh, they weren't able to get the same ball movement that we've seen from them throughout the bubble that has made them so dangerous, particularly from behind the three-point line. The the Clippers really took that away from them. They really pushed on defense, uh, giving every player on the Blazers very little room to play with. Uh, it meant that Dame and CJ both really struggled to get to their spots in those last few minutes. Dame managing to draw a foul, that's where he was most productive in those last few minutes of the game was when he was trying to drive to the rim. And I couldn't believe it. I, I saw him miss the first one, and I thought in my head, well, there's no way that Damian Lillard misses the second free throw. And then that's exactly what he did. He then also missed the three-point shot to tie the game at the end. Yeah, disappointing end of game for the Trailblazers. But, you know, Dame is a clutch player, but what you've got to remember about clutch players is that, you know, just because they're good in the clutch most of the time, they're going to have games where they do mess up in clutch moments. Um, it, it's impossible to shoot 100% from the field in a clutch situation. No one does that. No one can do it consistently for every single game. Damian Lillard is one of the most consistent closers in the NBA, and he just had a really bad game here. Uh, this also was really funny because it sparked a lot of internet beef between uh, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and uh, Damian Lillard with Dame essentially saying that the reason why Paul George and... Um, Patrick Beverly was sort of making fun of him for missing his two free throws and that last three was the because he sent them home before in the playoffs and that they actually have such huge respect for him that they expect him to knock down those shots and I actually agree with uh, Dame's point here I think that to an extent I think that it was really unnecessary I mean it's, it's whatever it's basketball guys are going to make fun of each other but you know Pat Bev Paul George having a good laugh out of things Damian Lillard essentially making the point, like, you two keep running, you can keep changing teams, you're trying to dodge the grind, and Dame doesn't have respect for that. We know that Damian Lillard one of the most, if not the most loyal uh, superstar in the entire NBA. But a really, really enjoyable game, really a shame that the Blazers were not able to uh, close that out at the end of the game. As of right now, they are now 32-39, and 39. Uh, with the Grizzlies 33-37, and 37. so they are now uh, multiple games back on the Grizzlies, but still sat in the 9 spot, uh, with half a game up on the Suns in the 10 spot. Okay, so let's talk about this Jazz Nuggets game, the game that would not quit, the game that Donovan Mitchell just kept saying, no, we are not done here. So let's break down the box score, it was a 134-132 Nuggets win, in double overtime, I believe. Uh, very fun. Very fun game. Okay, so let's talk about the Nuggets side of the ball first. Jokic had 30 points, a near 30-point triple-double, in fact. He had 30 points on 11 of 21 shooting. He had 11 rebounds and 7 assists. Also, two 23-point performances on the Nuggets, one of which coming from Jamal Murray in his very first game back. He also grabbed a career-high 12 rebounds and had 8 assists. Michael Porter Jr., 23 points, 7 of 18 from the field, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, also had 11 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block, um, and also a good game for Jeremy Grant, who had 21 points. 
on the Jazz side of the ball, despite it being a very slow start for Donovan Mitchell. He eventually got the ball rolling uh, toward the midway point in the fourth, and then through the overtimes, he was absolutely ridiculous. He had 35 points on 12 of 33 shooting from the field. He also had eight assists and six rebounds. Rudy Gobert had 22 points on 9 of 16 from the field. He also had 13 rebounds. Uh, Mike Conley had 20 points, and uh, Jordan Clarkson had 19. So this game was a ton of fun to watch, and it was incredibly close throughout. Uh, the Jazz really messing up their chances uh, at the end of the game. Well, the beginning of the fourth quarter was really rough for the Jazz. They weren't able to score, and overall in the fourth, they were outscored 26-17. to It was only due to some very clutch shooting from Donovan Mitchell that they were even able to claw their way back into an overtime period, and then they continued to do well in that overtime period because of Donovan Mitchell's incredible shooting. Uh, it, he didn't go 100% in the, in the last part of the fourth or in overtime, but it felt like he couldn't miss. And he kept getting good open looks, really nice screening uh, from Rudy Gobert, as we've come to expect. Uh, he ended up fouling out of the game, and Donovan Mitchell still continued to play uh, exceptionally well. Ultimately, though, the Nuggets, in my opinion, just had too much talent for the Jazz uh, to walk away with the win. With the Nuggets having Jamal Murray back, that's a piece they've been desperately missing uh, Nikola Jokic and Michael uh, Porter Jr. playing at a really high level. Jamal Murray was the, the game changer on the Nugget side of the ball here. I could not believe the effort that he put into this game. So this is the first game that we've seen uh, Jamal Murray back in the bubble. And he played 39 minutes, 23 points. And those the 12 rebounds is what really gets me because he looked absolutely exhausted by the end of the game he had absolutely nothing left in the tank and he had some really clutch moments himself down down the play uh down the lane as well um really great performance by jamal murray and nikola Jokic. Jokic had this phenomenal layup when there were 3.4 seconds left in the first overtime period Jokic got off uh, this contested layup in the last, well, he managed it in 3.1 seconds, so it left 0.3 seconds left on the clock. Uh, great timing. He had great patience, swinging it down low, uh, crossed, uh, across his body, and I think he was fouled, uh, but managed to get through the contact, break through it, and make the layup. Uh, so great performance. Glad to see Jokic and Murray back together. You can only assume uh, Murray will probably shoot the ball better as he gets his legs under him, um, and he gets a little bit better conditioning uh, through playing a few more games before the playoffs start. So a really fun game, and a, a really good and well-deserved win by the Nuggets. I didn't even know who I was meant to be root, uh, rooting for in this game. I It kept going back and forth. I essentially was rooting for whoever was losing at the time, so I guess I'm sad that the Jazz lost this one. Lakers Pacers, a fun game with the Pacers walking away with a win, 116 to 111. TJ Warren continues to absolutely tear the game apart. 39 points, that's 15 for 22 uh, shooting, 5 of 8 from 3 with 5 rebounds. Also had 24 points and 6, assists, uh, six assists from Malcolm Brogdon and 22 points 
from Victor Oladipo. On the Lakers side of the ball, uh, LeBron James finally managing to get some offensive flow under his belt. 31 points, 13 for 24 from the field with 8 rebounds and 7 assists. Anthony Davis, a really disappointing game. 8 points, 3 of 14 from the field. Just 8 rebounds and 4 assists. Uh, Davis not able to take advantage of his matchup with Miles Turner whatsoever. And Quinn Cook also had 21 points for the Lakers. Other than that, everybody else really struggling uh, to score. Uh, Kyle Kuzma also had a really bad game. 11 points on 3 of 14 shooting as well. So really LeBron carrying the Lakers through this game. But ultimately... It was T.J. Warren down the stretch that made the difference. T.J. Warren, the bubble goat, the man averaging 34 points through five games in the bubble on 60% shooting. And he hit the dagger three to end this game. What an absolutely unbelievable clutch performance by T.J. Warren. Really, the, the Pacers should be having a great time. Even right now, you don't have Sabonis with the team. But you're rolling with Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, and TJ Warren, and Miles Turner. What a great, like, starting four. Um, you have Aaron Holiday on the team, too, which is great fun. He's a good defender. Really impressed with the paces. And TJ Warren is shooting the ball with so much confidence right now. And I think that a lot of this does um, is affected by the fact that we don't have fans. I think that that is helping out certain guys with TJ Warren being one of them. But he said himself that he's just in a really great flow right now. He's in a great rhythm. And I think that he believes that the ball is going in. And I believe the ball is going in when TJ Warren lets go of it now. It's incredible. The last three-point shot that he took, there was no hesitation, made his way around the screen on the left elbow, Shoots this three, and I'm thinking, oh my god, this is going to go in, and he absolutely nails it. Nothing but net. And at that point, I was like, okay, great, the Pacers have won, which is, the Pacers have won. I was saying this about the Lakers. What is happening to Los Angeles? The Lakers still really struggling on the offensive side of the ball, and it's something that is really honestly perplexing me at this point in the bubble most other teams who, you know, were having somewhat struggles on the offensive end of the floor, they've kind of figured it out. They're, they're in more of a rhythm. Their shooters are shooting better. And everything is kind of in the flow. Not necessarily that it was when the season came to its um, abrupt pause, but certainly more of an offensive flow than this. If the Lakers have any hope of winning a title, you can't rely on... Okay, LeBron's going to have a good game this game. Anthony Davis is going to have a good game this game. And then occasionally, you know, we're going to throw in a good game from Kuzma. We'll throw in a good game from Dion Waiters. We'll throw in a good game from KCP. It's got to be clicking together as a team, and that's what this this Lakers team is lacking. And I don't know if it comes from the fact that they were really put together this year. There's not a lot of consistency, consistency through the team. But if you're going to win a championship, you're going to need LeBron to have a great game almost every game, Anthony Davis to have a great game almost every game, and at least a couple members of the supporting cast to have consistently good games. You're not going to win a championship losing to the Indiana Pacers with Anthony Davis, your top five player in the world, 
having eight points on three of 14 shooting when there was no one to really guard him that well. Goga Batazda is out there. Miles Turner is out there. But that's not the same as some of the other center uh, centers that he's going to have to come up against, potentially. So, I don't know. Lakers, a little worried about you. A little worried, definitely. I mean, I know you've got the one seed wrapped up, but LeBron and Anthony Davis played 35 minutes each in this game. So, the, this was not a case of our stars are resting and we don't care about this game. They wanted to win this game. They really did. And they, they just didn't deliver in the clutch moments in the same way that TJ Warren was able to. Let's finally talk about my favorite game of the day. The Dallas Mavericks beat the Milwaukee Bucks 136 to 132 in overtime. And finally, I know that they were able to do it against the Kings, but the Mavericks deliver against a truly great opponent in a clutch position with Luka Doncic having one of the most phenomenal games I have ever seen a basketball player have in my entire life. I don't even think that's being hyperbolic. And, and when I say that about this game, I mean the way that he passed the ball. I mean, he scored phenomenally on really efficient shooting percentages. But what impressed me was his passing, and we're going to go into that. But let's break down the box score first. So Luca had 36 points on 12 of 24 shooting, 3 of 9 from 3, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, 14 rebounds, and 19 assists. That's 19 assists. There are only two other Mavs who have ever had uh, 19 assists. Steve Nash and Jason Kidd. So, you know, pretty, pretty decent guys to be comparing yourself to while also dropping off 36 points and 14 rebounds. Luca is 21 and he's leading... The NBA in triple-doubles was 17 this season, and it is not close. Other than that, other good performances from the Mavs. Dorian Finney-Smith, another another great game from him. Been an absolute flamethrower for the Mavs. He's had 27 points yesterday on 6 of 12 from the three-point line, 10 of 19 overall. He also had 11 rebounds and 5 assists. Kristaps Porzingis had 26 points, 9 of 24 from the field, so not his most efficient shooting game, but he was 7 of 7 from the charity stripe. He also had 11 rebounds and 3 assists. Uh, other than that, Maxi Kleber had a good performance off the bench with 15 points. Trey Burke also giving the Mavs 10. And on the Bucks side of the ball, Giannis, 34 points, 13 for 26. 7 of 14 from the free throw line. Uh, at one point, he was 4 for 4. He then misses next 7 free throws straight. He also had 13 rebounds and 5 blocks. Uh, Brooke Lopez had 34 points. He was 12 for 27 from the field. 6 of 12 from 3. Brooke was shooting the lights out from 3 last night. It was unbelievable to watch. He also had 7 rebounds. Uh, Chris Middleton had 21 points on 8 of 12 from the field, and also Eric Bledsoe giving the Bucks 15 points. So what happened in this game? Luka Doncic established himself as if there is any doubt in anyone's mind at this point that this kid is legit, 
then that doubt needs to be vanquished because the way that he passed the ball was some of the best passing I've ever seen in an NBA game. Luka's ability to drive into the lane, be completely covered by three or four defenders, and somehow whip out an incredibly fast and accurate pass to a guy at the perimeter is what makes this Dallas offense so incredibly dangerous when it's working. And the thing is, I think Luka could have had 30 assists in this game had uh, some of the other Mavs knocked down uh, easy three-point shots. There were a lot of easy open looks that the Mavs weren't able to knock down. That had they have done that, Luka could have had, yeah, 25, 30 assists. Ridiculous. Like, go and watch the highlights from this game right now if you haven't. The way that that driving through traffic, jumping through the air, and the ability to just know where his teammates are or where they're going to be, and the speed and accuracy in combination is what makes his passing so dangerous. The defense don't know what to do with him because the thing is you follow him into the paint and you either don't commit enough men to him and he's able to finish because he's so strong at the rim and he's likely going to be able to draw a foul because he's so good at taking contact and then finishing through that. So either you don't commit enough people to him and he scores or you commit too many people to him and he whips out a pass to a wide open great three-point shooter because the Mavs are loaded with them and they knock down a three. When this Mavs offense is clicking, it's obvious why statistically they're the best offense that the NBA has ever had. They have Luka Doncic, this 21-year-old phenom who very likely, and I know people will, will think that this is too early to say in his career, very likely will have a case to be made when his career ends, even if he stays at the exact level that he's at right now, there's going to be arguments about Luka Doncic being the greatest basketball player of all time. There will be. Mark my words, he's 21 right now, knocking on wood that he will not have any kind of uh, serious injuries through his career. You've got to think he has at least 10 years left, at least likely 15, but 10 years left of really good basketball, if not a little more. And he's not in his prime yet. He's going to continue getting better for a couple years before he starts maintaining a, a truly unknown level of play. Giannis played really well in this game too. Don't get me wrong, I think that he played like an MVP. He took a really nasty kick to the groin area that I couldn't believe that he even got up and played through. He ended up fouling out of the game, giving the, Mav, uh, giving the Mavs more uh, space in the paint to work with, definitely, by the end of the game. But Luka Doncic, wow. What an unreal performance from him. I think that if they were redoing the MV MVP voting after this game, I think that Luka would have been one of the finalists. He didn't make it, if you were wondering. It's James Harden. Um, Giannis and LeBron, who were the finalists for MVP. But Luka is special. Like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Great win for the Mavs. Great win for them. Okay, so let's talk about the games that we have coming up 
for the rest of the day. On paper, not necessarily the most engaging day we've had, but could lead to some fun games, certainly. We have Wizards Thunder, the Wizards out of playoff contention, so I doubt the, uh, the I don't know how much effort they're going to be putting in, I have no idea what rotations they're going to be running, and I have no idea how hard the Thunder are going to try, but maybe they will go uh, for the victory here. Um, the Thunder are currently set, uh, in the five spot, they're a game back on the Rockets in the four spot. Uh, so I'm sure that if they could get a win, they would they would take one. I'm sure. The Grizzlies are playing the Raptors. I think that we'll see another as best he can hero ball performance from uh, Ja Moran. I feel so bad for this kid, but you know, good luck to him. Raptors will likely rest a lot of guys in this game or. Maybe they'll try and go um, for the win, solidify themselves in the second spot a little better. We have the Spurs uh, playing the Pelicans at three. Um, I still don't know if the Pelicans even want to be in the playoffs, to be honest with you. I think it's entirely possible that, that they don't look like they want it in the same way that the other eight seed contenders do. They don't want it in the same way that the Blazers want it. They don't want it in the same way that the Suns want it. The Suns also winning yesterday, by the way. They beat the Heat 119-112 to 112 with a 35 performance from Devin Booker. So let's not sleep on the Suns anymore. There's a Magic Celtics game. That shouldn't be an issue for the Celtics um, to handle. Trailblazers 76ers could be a really fun game to watch. Tune into that on NBA TV if you get a chance. That's the game that I would suggest you watch if you're going to watch any today. Uh, coming off a of back-to-back. For the Blazers, so it'll be inter interesting to see how uh, Lillard performs. I imagine he will go out wanting to prove everybody wrong who had anything to say about him yesterday. So watch out for a huge performance from Damian Lillard. Joel Embiid will also probably have a fun time going against Yusuf Nurkic. Rockets at Kings shouldn't be too much of an issue for the Rockets uh, to walk away with a win there. However, no Russell Westbrook, and the Kings have been shooting the lights out, so that could be more contested than you might imagine. And finally, Nets Clippers. I can't believe that this is the game that Kawhi is, you know, he rested yesterday, he's going to play today. Shouldn't be an issue for the Clippers, is what I would say. And if it is, um, I would imagine it would be because Paul George and Kawhi would be playing limited minutes in that uh, scenario. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Don't Burst My Bubble. It's been so much fun talking about these basketball games. What a great day of basketball yesterday was. And I'm sure today is going to have some good games to go along with it too. So make sure you tune in tomorrow for all of the news that you need to hear about the NBA, for your injury report, for a breakdown of all of today's games, and your previews and storylines for the following days as well. Thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with your friends. And I will speak to you tomorrow. This has been Don't Bust My Bubble.